People are stupid. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 504. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. And joining us this week is Mark. Mark, welcome back to the show. Hello, everyone. Thank you, you for said, being here. My love, Mark. My well, other half. The thing is, like, no, we are both whole people. I, I am not into this, like, other half bullshit. We are full, complete individuals who happen to enjoy spending a lot of time with each other. So should I return those half of the whole person sweatshirts I got us? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, you should do that. Mark, how do you feel about the red panda onesie that Laura was gifted? <laughs> it's pretty cute. I love it. Have you tried to wear it yet? No, I haven't. I don't think it would fit. I think I'm too tall for it. Oh. Um, I'm pretty sure I caught you the other day trying it on when you I thought was I wasn't feeling looking. It, okay, it was very soft. <laughs> feeling it. Yeah. yeah. I'm imagining like Marie Kondo feeling up the item to decide if it brings you joy or not. <laughs> oh, it brings him joy. Yep. It's the cutest anyway, little thing. Nice to have you back, Mark. I have some personal news. I just want to announce uh, this is my last episode of the show because I will be dying on <laughs> uh, Wednesday. Forecasted high here in Chicago. Forecasted high. Negative 12. Real feel. You know, that includes like the wind chill. Negative 41. Oh as my a high. God. That's the best case scenario for Wednesday. <laughs> So um, it was nice knowing you all, but I am going to turn into a popsicle on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> but you're making your escape, right? Well, we're leaving the next day for Vegas. So it was just, mm. you know, I was so close to <laughs> escaping. Actually, United sent us this text this morning. They were like, hey, the weather's going to suck this week. If you want to change your flight, we will uh, waive the change fee. So now we actually are thinking of doing that. But we're going to just change it to another bad weather day. And that's probably not what United intended. So could you do it earlier? Uh, it would have to be like today because we're getting snow tonight. Oh, that sucks. All right. Well, I'll just leave the show now and leave for All Vegas. Right. Bye, everybody. Right. Have fun. Divide by two. <laughs> Me and Pam just get everything. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine being in Vegas for that long, though. You know what? I, I'm considering that as well. I cannot deal with like six, seven days. In Vegas. I think like three days is my top, but like I'm leaving on the third day after brunch. Right, right. Yeah. Oh God, I'm so excited <laughs> for the buffets. Oh my God. Yes. Um, what I'm thinking is if we do fly in earlier, we'll go to like the Grand Canyon. We'll go to Flagstaff, Arizona. Oh, do Ooh. it. I love yeah. the Grand Canyon. Yeah. It's actually it's it's a very exciting trip because Pat has never been out west before. The furthest he's ever been west is St. Louis, and that's not west at all. He's going to be able to experience the desert for the first time, and I I hold the west western half of America very close to my heart. I love the desert. I I love Vegas. I love California. So it'll be really nice to introduce him to some west coast delicacies like In and Out. <laughs> mm. And we're going to go on a hike, and I think we're going to go to the Hoover Dam, because that's only about 45 minutes from Vegas. Do you? Are there any other Vegas area musts that I'm, think, that I'm missing out on, Pam, that I should take him to? Um, I think that Hoover Dam is the big one. Last time we drove out there, just because we were driving back, we stopped at Seven Magic Mountains, which was pretty cool. Um, and I, I feel like, unless you plan to do it, you kind of just miss it. But just going out to like the older part of Vegas and seeing the welcome to Vegas sign is a nice little change from the buzz of the main strip because it gets yeah. pretty hectic down there. So so Seven Magic Mountains is this beautiful art installation. Google it right now. Um, it's in the middle of the desert and these rocks are very colorful and they're huge rocks stacked on top of each other. But they're they're colorful and Pat's colorblind. So I feel like we we could oh, go out there right. but he's just going to see some stacks of rocks and he's going to be like, well, what's <laughs> the big deal? Like, Why did you take me here? <laughs> I can How see these romantic. anywhere. 
My boyfriend brought me to see a bunch of rocks. You have to paint him a word picture. You're like, stand next to the green one, and he's going to be like, what? Where's that? Is that over by those mountains over there? <laughs> <laughs> but he also really wants to go zip lining, and zip lining has been a big Vegas attraction in recent years. But he wants to do the one that's like on the top of the Rio Hotel. So it's like 60 stories high, Ooh. and it goes to another hotel. And I'm looking at it. And it's a very unsafe, in my opinion, zip line. You, you, you get strapped in with like a basic ass seatbelt and you're flying through the air extremely high and slow. It's like you're just on a string moving across the street. And I'm like, Pat, I'm not doing that. That's just that's terrifying. Oh, you should. Zip lining is so fun. Traditional zip lining is like through the woods or something. But he wants to go. I don't know. It's it's different. And it makes me scared. <laughs> I'm like, you, you don't go to Vegas to zip line, you know? You go to look at stacks of rocks. Well, you also go, don't go to Vegas to hike, but you're doing that. So. Well, because I want to take him on a mountain hike. We haven't yeah. done that before. I do hear, I, I know a lot of people that have gone towards the outskirts of Vegas to rock climb. Like, that's a really big thing, too. Mm. Yeah, so I'm planning on, we're planning on going to Red Rock Canyon. That's the big mountain range near Vegas. And there's this trail. That'll give you a beautiful view of Vegas, of the Vegas Strip from a distance. And I've never done it before, but I've always wanted to. So I'm really excited about that. Vegas, it's home of uh, many firsts for me. The first time flying, I flew to Vegas. First time drinking was in Vegas. I remember that. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) It was really bad. I pretended that I had had alcohol before when I hadn't. So I was given a shot and then I immediately (laughs) shot it out of my mouth like a whale. (laughs) That's uh, uh, ironically how me and my best friend met. My best friend, Michelle, who I also met through Harry Potter. She was, I think she was a few years younger than me. She was not 21 at the time. And um, I was like, oh, do you want a drink? And she goes, oh, yeah, I love this. But then like years later, she told me she'd never had a drink before, ever. <laughs> and now she blames me for getting her drunk underage for the first time. <laughs> Pam, you're a bad influence. No, no, I know. A, ba- a bad egg. <laughs> yeah, Peer well, pressure. Speaking of uh, millennial hosts dying, I would just like to ask everyone to say their thoughts and prayers for myself and Mark, since the Super Bowl and 150,000 tourists are coming to Atlanta next weekend. It's going to be terrible. Uh, Oh, just enjoy it. No, I'm not going to leave my house. Like, have you? I mean, you've been to Atlanta. Atlanta traffic is already horrible on a really good day. It's going to be a nightmare. Like every hotel is booked. It's at the point where people are now paying tens of thousands of dollars to like rent out people's apartments and homes so they can be here. I mean, can you get in on that though? Because yeah. that might be a nice way to make rent for a few months. Yeah, I, I thought idea. about it, but I I don't know. If I if I had known the Super Bowl was going to be here before last week, I would have thought about it. But as I mentioned on the show last week, I had no idea the Super Bowl was coming until somebody at work told me. So Mm. I don't think there's enough lead time at this point. Mark, we should run out your place. But Chris is going to be there. Yeah, but Chris is like the nicest person on the earth. So I don't trust I don't trust strangers with Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Are are you do you watch football, Mark? No, I watch the commercials on the Super Bowl. Mm hmm. Rumor has it there's going to be a new uh, there's going to be a new Avengers trailer for the Super Bowl, and there's going to be a Big Lebowski two trailer. Ooh. Oh wow! Yeah. That's how I they saw get something you. that's kind of crazy. Um, so the football stadium there, Mercedes Benz Stadium, mm-hmm. it has a Chick Fil A. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, the Super Bowl is on a Sunday, and Chick Fil A is always closed on Sunday. TMZ, <laughs> and of course TMZ did this. They checked. That Chick-fil-A is going to remain closed in the football stadium. Oh yeah. On game day. They are yep. missing out on so much money. That's insane. Yeah, there's Talk there... about sticking to your values. I can respect that though. You know what they're oh. not missing out on? Love from Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they stay closed all the like like I think it was a uh, some major baseball game. I don't know what it was, but some major baseball game the Braves were in. It was on a like a Sunday, and there was a bunch of people there, and they still had it closed. That's so crazy. crazy to me. I mean, they're privately owned, so they don't have to listen to anybody. But yeah, there were actually man, that, that's easy money. Yeah, there were actually people that were buying a bunch of Chick Fil A on Saturday, and then going around <laughs> selling it in coolers 
on Sunday. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. That is something I would do a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I have to say that stadium, I, I'm a fan of Atlanta United, so I've seen a few games there. That stadium is gorgeous. So I'm sure anybody who attends the Super Bowl is gonna have a great time, but I'm not going near it. Yeah. That's I don't know. I think that's kinda cool to have the Super Bowl in your town. Doesn't happen often. It's like having the Olympics in town. Mm. Yeah, it was also a shit show when we had the Olympics here, too. So, yeah. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, we got lots more to get to today. But first, time from a word from this week's sponsor. They are a new sponsor. And they're one of those. Why didn't I think of that? Companies. Untuck it. Mark, I got to ask you, you know, when you've got a button down shirt and you want to leave it untucked, but it looks sloppy that way because it's long. Yep. They're too long. It looks silly when it's untucked. And that's because they were never meant to be worn that way. Untuck It makes shirts specifically designed to be worn untucked. I love this idea because I love looking snazzy, looking dressed up, but I don't like tucking my shirts in. I don't want to look super serious. I like that nice business casual blend. I can look dressed up but still still feel comfortable because I'm not squeezing my shirt down my pants and constantly having to retuck it in every time I sit down and get back up. It sucks. Untuck it. It's one of those like light bulb moments. It's a it's a godsend for anyone who wants to dress like an adult but feel as comfortable as you would be while just wearing a plain old t-shirt. I recently received a couple Untuck it shirts and I'll be bringing them to Vegas. I'll be able to look nice on the town but also be comfortable, which is necessary because I'm going to be developing a beer belly and that won't jive with a, a tucked in dress shirt. These aren't just for guys, by the way. No matter your gender, Untuck It has comfortable shirts for you. Go to UntuckIt.com or visit one of Untuck It's 50 stores around the U.S. and Canada. Untuck It even offers free shipping and returns on all orders in the United States. Use promo code MILLENNIAL for 20% off your first purchase. So if you want the perfect fitting shirt, regardless of your shape and size, try the original Untucked shirt. And remember, use promo code MILLENNIAL for 20% off your first purchase. Get comfy while still looking snazzy. Maybe I'll take a picture on the strip when I'm wasted. There you go. Uh, I'm drunk and comfortable and looking good. Win, win, win. Um, Well, Mark has uh, a small story for us from the gaming community. But before we get into that, I just wanted to give a shout out to everyone who's joined us in the Discord and also everyone who joined us for our first ever Patreon pre-show hangout. So shout out to Amalia, Carolyn, James, Jared, JY, Justin, and Stephanie. Thank you for joining us. It was a lot of fun. Super excited to make that a regular part of the show. Yeah. Because these podcasts, when we record them, it's very one way. It's just us talking and we don't get feedback from the listeners. So with this, we just get to hang out with y'all. It's a very personal, intimate experience. All right. So Mark, you had some interesting news about Nintendo and some other game nerd stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So before I do that, I just wanted to express how sad i am that i'm in school right now because like every game is coming out this month and next month (laughs) like kingdom hearts is coming out which people have been waiting for for like 14 years so it's finally out anthem's coming out which looks really great it's like you know flying around in iron man suits with your friends so it looks pretty fun resident evil 2 came out thursday which looks horrifying and I can't wait to play that and, you know, be a big baby. And, of course, Smash has been out for a month now and is getting a lot of following. And on Smash, um, there was a uh, there's a major uh, tournament called Evo. It's like the Super Bowl of fighting game tournaments. And they have a Japanese uh, satellite of that tournament. And Nintendo and Namco Bandai basically made it so their major two fighting games, Smash Brothers Ultimate and Dragon Ball Z Fighters, are not going to be at um, Evo Japan. And at first it was really weird because, you know, these two games have a huge following. But then both those companies put out their own tournament series for those games specifically and made it so they couldn't be in their um, in their tournament 
I mean, first of all, my question is like, people pay for the game. So Mm -hmm. once you've paid for a copy of the game, isn't it yours to do with as you please? Like, yeah, I mean, I guess so. I mean, they they, companies are getting kind of weird. And that's what I was going to lead into. Companies are getting a little bit weird about how you can use the game that you paid for. Like for Kingdom Hearts 3, there's a bunch of rules that they put out in a statement saying how people can and can't stream their game. Like you can stream the game, but you can't stream the soundtrack from the game, Mm. (laughs) which is weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was one that said you can't stream the game for monetary gain or for commercial gain or something, which that's what streaming is. So, right. You that know. was the point I was going to bring up. They're starting to get, they're starting to crack down on this because people are making money off of their games. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. is relatively new territory, this whole live streaming business. So I guess they're unsure of how to deal with it. I do feel like they, um, Nintendo and Namco are shooting themselves in the foot yeah. by not having these games at these tournaments because it's really just free promo for them, right? Exactly. And mm-hmm. these tournaments are huge. Like last year, Evo, the pot, the prize pool for it was $186,000. So these are like major, like this is like the fighting game tournament. And like, you know, you have thousands of people that watch it on Twitch live and watch it on YouTube after the fact. And all like, I'm pretty sure Nintendo and Namco are getting money on the back end from that if they're watching it live on Twitch. Because whenever you go on Twitch and you search like you know different games like i want to see everybody who's playing i don't know you know super mario brothers right now it'll have a Mm -hmm. list of all those people so i'm sure nintendo gets a cut of how many people are watching their game or just advertisements in general like you know you have more more and more people seeing your game which is good you know so yeah i just wonder how this can Mm -hmm. even be enforced i guess that was my my first question was like if you pay for the game, how can they tell you what to do with it? But secondly, even if they want to do that, how are they going to enforce it? Like, is the Nintendo police going to show up and like knock down your door and be like, aha? (laughs) My other question too was like, I know that commentary is protected. That's why react videos um, can happen on YouTube and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So I would think because most of these people that stream and even from the little I've seen of actual professional gaming tournaments, there's commentating going on the whole time. Yeah. So wouldn't that be kind of protected anyway, even if they were making money off of the tournaments and on streaming? Yeah. And that's the weird part, too. Like, you're you're absolutely right. Like, whenever you watch, you know, Super Smash Brothers, you know, pro people playing that, they have designated commentators that are just, that are just going the whole time. So it's like literally like you're watching a sports event. but I don't know how they would like, I don't know how Nintendo would say you can't do like, I I know like you don't want to, you know, burn any bridges because if Nintendo tells you not to do something and you, you know, you do it anyway, I'm sure at some point they can pull some string to, you know, blacklist you somewhere, but like it's a third party tournament. So like, I'm just thinking like if a bunch of people got together and they're like, hey, we're going to do a tournament for Street Fighter or something. And they all got, you know, brought over their their PS4s and plugged it into a like, plugged into monitors, set up a streaming apparatus. Like, I don't see what Nintendo can do. Like, are they going to, you know, and, and if it's their own prize pool, because typically, you know, you go to a tournament, you pay five bucks. Uh, some of that five dollars or whatever the entry fee is goes to the pot that everybody wins at the end. So it's not like Nintendo's giving them money for this. Like, that'd be one thing. It'd be one thing if Nintendo was like, here's a couple thousand dollars, but they're not. So I think maybe since this hasn't been tried in court yet, right? I mean, Nintendo no. could probably just threaten legal action and that might, that's probably enough to scare these tournaments and other people who want to stream off. But until this is tried in court, there's just going to be a lot of bluffing going on, I think. Yeah. yeah. But see, that's that's what I'm getting at, too, is I feel like if they take this to court, they don't have as good of a chance of winning as maybe we think they do, just because commentary is protected. Yeah. Um, there was a really, um, I don't know if you guys are like big into YouTube or anything like that, but um, H3H3 Productions, which is like a, a bigger YouTube channel, that guy... Um, got sued for a video that he was commentating on by the original creator. And they took that to court 
And they won because the judge ruled that because they added commentary to it, it wasn't them just, um, you know, taking money away from people going to that video Mm -hmm. to watch them react to the original source. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, too, like, I don't think this is going to go into the legal field. I think it's more just them wanting to keep as good relations with Nintendo and Namco as possible. Because, like, for the new Smash Brothers that came out... They like Nintendo did a lot of things to that game for the tournament scene. Like they Mm -hmm. put a lot of things in the game to help tournaments, you know, like they put a tournament setting in the game. Now there's a there are easier ways to navigate through the menu for tournaments. Like there are certain settings you can put to make, you know, competitive play easier. So like I Mm -hmm. feel like it's just more of them being like, we don't want Nintendo to get to a point when they're like, oh, we don't want people to play tournaments in our game, so we're going to make our game a specific way to yeah. discourage that, you know? Well, for now, they just look like dicks but trying to... Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of. Really. <laughs> no, they do. Uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be curious to see what happens, because like, the, the actual E, like the, the America uh, Evo, like the, the big one, that's, that hasn't happened yet. So I'm curious to see if they're going to be in that tournament. If they are, I would assume Nintendo would get enough backlash to actually be like, okay, forget it. We're just going to make Smash. And then same thing for Namco being there, you know. And the funny thing is Nintendo's tournament, all the pros don't want to go to it because like the the beauty of Smash is you can play Smash casually. Like you can have a bunch of friends over, you know, play with items. and You can stay up all night, unlocking every character. Exactly, you know, like stuff Mark like that. Mark knows something about that. <laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit. But, but, anyways, like, yeah, you can you can play a bunch of different ways. But Nintendo, this tournament they're having is almost too casual. Like, it's like you know, items and all these crazy stages where skill still matters, but like you don't want to go to a tournament where your skill doesn't matter as much. You know, like maybe like going to a Mario Party tournament, like. It's it's Mario Party, like you don't know, really. Yeah, I I think getting back to what I said earlier is it's just all very new territory right now, and eventually this is all going mm-hmm. to get figured out, and this won't be a problem in the future. But for now, like Nintendo and Namco, they're missing out on 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 good publicity, uh, free publicity. Yeah, that's still, it. Kind of reminds me though of like when Apple they used to make a big presentation every year at MacWorld. It wasn't their conference. It was a Mac fan conference, essentially. And then one year, they were just like, you know what? We're just going to do our own events. We're, we're not going to rely on Macworld. We're not going to plan our announcement schedules around Macworld. Um, so maybe that's kind of what's going on here. Nintendo and Namco, they, they don't want to uh, have to deal with other people. They just want to do things themselves. Yeah. And and by hosting their own yeah. tournaments, they they can probably make a lot of money off of that. Yeah, they're like, especially we're kind of a big deal. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the switch is killing it right now. We don't need anybody, right? Anyone's yeah, help, exactly. Right. All right, well, we'll definitely keep an eye on this story. As we mentioned, um, you know, earlier in the season, Matt, or Matt, I'm so mess, I'm messed up right now, um, Mark. And Pat. I see how it is. <laughs> I was combining y'all's names. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's their ship name, Matt. <laughs> um, so Mark and Pat are going to each be on once a month. Um, so next month when Mark comes back, we'll see if there have been any developments here. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to some news, we do have a word from one of our sponsors. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, there's no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can get started investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also unlock stock collections such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, trade your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. 
Robinhood is giving listeners of Millennial a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at millennial.robinhood.com. That's millennial.robinhood.com for your free Apple, Ford, or Sprint stock. Good time to buy right now with the stocks being a little lower. Yeah, I guess Trump is doing something good. (laughs) (laughs) Killing the Uh, stock market. Another week, another person entering the 2020 presidential race. Pete Buttigieg. Get this, guys. Gay, married, Afghanistan vet, mayor of South Bend, Indiana, and 37 years old. A homosexual wow. is entering the race. I'm voting for him. Have you guys seen him uh, talking so far in the past week about his entering the race? Uh, No, I feel really bad about it. <laughs> Oh. Me too. <laughs> yeah, a couple of homophobes no, over here. No, I think it's probably also because it's probably you're hearing more about it because geographically you have a closer proximity. <laughs> no, no, I'm not I'm seeing him on like CNN and stuff. <laughs> okay, I was trying to make an excuse for myself. <laughs> yeah, bad excuse. No, but um, I, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. That's kind of cool. Now. I've been saying here on the show that unknown people don't have a chance. Um, He's pretty unknown, so he probably doesn't have a chance. But he does stand out. He gay. Well, I think also, you know, when people opt to run for president, it's not always with the hope that they're necessarily going to make it through the primary process and then, you know, become the candidate. Sometimes it's just about increasing their profile so that should they decide Mm. to run in the future, they then have the name recognition. So that could be what he's doing. Mm. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. So um, we'll see how far he goes, but he is the latest entry. Yeah. And um, I'll certainly be paying attention to him. Yeah, definitely. Also, I mean, this isn't official yet, but the rumor mill has started that uh, Bernie Sanders is getting ready to announce his 2020 run. My goal this race is to have an average donation of $28. (laughs) (laughs) New year, new me. (laughs) I mean, he's still complaining about how, um, you know, he's more ideologically pure than anyone else, including women and people of color. So, you know, there's that. Anyway, <laughs> I am a saint compared to Kamala Harris. Oh and my god. Buttigieg. Oh. By the way, I want to make sure we've all got this right cuz I know we had some questions about it last week. The pronunciation is Kamala. Kamala. Kamala okay, Harris. Know. Yeah. I don't want us to go through the entire election season fucking up her name. <laughs> <laughs> it's good you remembered it cuz I heard it in the past week and was like, "Okay, I'll start saying it that way." And then of course I forget. <laughs> Kamala. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. easier to remember because calm and then like Pamela, Kamala. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's like how it took me like three years to pronounce Deathly Hollows correctly. Oh, yeah. Every, well, <laughs> like, that was an American problem, though, because all the Americans kept wanting to say Hallows. <laughs> yeah, like Halloween. Yeah. Our listeners like, will get Hallows so pissed Eve. at us. How do you guys <laughs> yeah, they not were. know it yet? <laughs> Um, you're not saying Rowling anymore. Yeah, that's Polarizing. Um, Just brief update on the government shutdown. The government is uh, open-ish for now. Hopefully the people who were not receiving their paychecks are going to get them very soon. Laura and I spoke about this extensively on the latest installment of Landy, which we're, we recorded on Saturday. So if you're a patron, tune in for that. Do we think the government's going to shut down again in three weeks? I wouldn't be surprised is the stance I'm taking right now. Although Trump kind of rolled over so easily over the last few days when it came to reopening the government. So there's really no telling where his mental state is going to be three weeks from now. Of course, the whole reason this became a debacle in the first place was because he was listening to the talking heads like Ann Coulter and Sean Hannity. Um, you know, and Ann Coulter's real pissed off at him right now. So God knows. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we will uh, wait and see what happens and we'll continue yep. to talk about it as it develops. Another news item. I thought this was an interesting topic. Canada has been ranked number one, the number one country in the world for quality of life. I actually saw this article because I follow Justin Trudeau, the uh, Canadian prime minister, 
on Facebook and he shared it and he was like, yeah, I totally agree with this. <laughs> it was so funny. Boy, how that's just, native advertising if I'd ever heard of it. Right. It was just so <laughs> casual. Like one of your friends just bragging about the country that they live in, except for he's running it. The study was conducted by U.S. News and World Report. <laughs> Damn you, U.S. News, for betraying us. In partnership with YNR's BAV and Wharton, they broke down 80 countries' overall rankings based on 75 different metrics. So it was a big study. Some of the metrics were a good job market, affordability, economic stability, family-friendly, income equality, politically stable, <laughs> safety, a well-developed public health system, and a well-developed public education system. So a lot of important factors. Canada was number one. Uh, number two was Sweden, then Denmark, then Norway, then Switzerland, then Finland, then Australia, then the Netherlands, then New Zealand, then Germany. USA is number 17, so <laughs> very low. <laughs> considering That's not surprising. Yeah. A um, little sad when you consider how uh, we consider ourselves the leaders of the free world and people love to tout how great America is. Not quality of life wise, evidently. Um, Laura, you have previously spoken about moving to us. Sorry, Canada, moving to Canada. No, yeah, I would not go to Australia. Australia is having a lot of the same problems that we're having here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not, I don't want to. I don't want to jump, you know. What about New Zealand? From the frying pan into the fire. (laughs) Well, hold on, hold on. Let's talk about Canada, because Laura has said she would move to Canada. And since Mark's on this week, I thought this would be interesting to ask. Would you Mm -hmm. two move to Canada? Yep. How serious are you? (laughs) I mean, like, since I'm going into game design, if I got, like, a really... Because, like, there's a lot of game studios in Canada, because apparently I don't know. I guess it's the way Canada's taxes are or something. The like like there's like WB Montreal. There's like Rocksteady Montreal. So there's a bunch of like Canada satellite studios because apparently it's cheaper to build them out there. Mm. So a lot of companies are just having Canadian branches of their studio. So if I got an offer to go there, then yeah, that'd be pretty great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not something I don't want to position this like we'd be going as political refugees, because obviously things are not that dire here yet. Yeah. Um, you know, it's more about would there be job opportunities? And if something came up, we're both really open to going. Um, also, Mark has family in Canada, so it'd mm-hmm. be pretty easy for us to chain migrate our way in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really tempting when you look at everything that's going on in America right now and how much better things could be if you just crossed over the border and lived there. My concern, and I feel somewhat hypocritical saying this, is that it would be cold, <laughs> colder than Chicago, I think. It's further north, so I feel... Yeah, but you were just saying the other day that once it gets cold enough, it doesn't make a difference. I was lying. It's actually terrible. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, it's like it was like four degrees this morning, and I was fine outside. The sun's out. It's in my face. I'm good. Things are good. You mentioned taxes, I think, Mark, a couple mm-hmm. months ago. Uh, you did mention taxes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah for for the for the games. I mean, I, th- I think that's the reason why they're all those companies are opening up those satellite studios up there because it's cheaper for them to do so. Because yeah. I think they consider games. It's something with how games are considered. Like, I think it's an art or something. So, like, you know, they have certain, like, special tax breaks for people, like, movie studios. And, like, the same reason, like, all these movies are being shot in Atlanta. Yeah. Like, that kind of. So, uh, last year was a really good year for my business. Um, And (laughs) my accountant just did our taxes. You would not believe the amount that we are going to owe. It makes me nauseous, but it also makes me think, how the fuck do you get ahead in this country? Yeah. If you have a good year, you have to pay up a lot. And it well, kind of wipes out <laughs> any money that you may have made. Andrew, what you have to do is you have to turn Hypable into a corporation because in the United States, corporations are people. Right. Well, that's how you do it. You just have to get super rich and then they don't take your money. I need to yeah. go send the money fucking offshore. And that, that's that's what I need to do. It it makes me so sad because it's like I can't I can't get ahead. 
if you have a good year, <laughs> you pay up. If you have a bad year, you don't pay, but then you don't make any money. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. It's just really yeah. horrible. So I'm moving the business to Canada. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Maybe it'll be better there. My God. They're too, they're too nice over there to take taxes from you. They're like, you know, you had a good year. You just keep it, eh? And that's right. it. Hey, why don't you use that money to reinvest in the company? No, instead it's going to the fucking government. Trump's going to go <laughs> use it to build the wall. Great. Well, I mean, the one thing that I would observe, too, I'm not super up on how you know canadian tax structure works but um since canada does have a good health system and does have a good education system i'm assuming that taxes are actually going to be slightly higher there because you're paying into all of these good social programs that's so true I, but i wonder i don't know that moving your business to canada would necessarily have the result of more money in your pocket yeah. right i will say that i do know somebody that i went to high school with who was living in Canada for a really long time and finally moved back to California a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And that person said that the taxes were astronomically high and her and her husband are both technically artists. Like he's a professional musician and she works in um, special effects in film. Mm. So Mm. all right. She says that they take a good chunk of money out, but at the same time, you don't have to worry about things like healthcare. Yeah. Right. I wonder, I wonder where that, puts you at the end like you're mm-hmm. paying more for taxes but you don't have to fork over as much for you know healthcare and stuff like that i, I wonder where I that think, yeah I, exactly I, I think it depends on like well i guess how much you really need um healthcare but at the same time it's it's one of those things that it's comforting to know that it's there if you need it yeah yeah because i i can't i was uninsured for a while and i it just made me so anxious <laughs> thinking yeah. about how uh, what if something happened and I couldn't go to the hospital because, yep. you mm. know, I didn't have money to afford it? Well, that's yeah. why, I mean, nationalized healthcare is so great. Like I, I lived in Costa Rica for two years and um, was not, you know, <laughs> I was not a resident. Um, I was living on a tourist visa, but anybody can get healthcare there. So I could walk into a clinic anywhere and receive treatment. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, like m- my paychecks were a little more heavily taxed as a result of that. But when it came down to it, the couple of times that I got really sick, I wasn't forking over hundreds of dollars for treatment. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, I'm going to look into it because I'm genuinely curious. But maybe what I'm learning <laughs> here is you can't get ahead anywhere in the world. You're, you're, <laughs> you're fucked. You got to move to like thailand and work remote yeah <laughs> oh I'm, I'm also we can just buy our own island somewhere like in the caribbean where it's Perfect. nice and warm and and nobody can tell us what to do a yeah we can all bring our dogs <laughs> a millennial island it just makes me really yeah. angry too because i'm thinking about all these uh, companies that cheat the system like apple yeah. and all these other major companies that send a lot of their money overseas so they don't have to pay taxes on it here mm-hmm. and then meanwhile here i am suffering when apple could easily pay this and not blink or all these other rich people fuck them fuck everything <laughs> i'm just i'm gonna i'm gonna go work at starbucks i'm done i don't need all this shit <laughs> Take the money out. I don't have to worry about taxes. Anyway, uh, so over on Patreon, can you tell I've been thinking about this all weekend? So um, uh, over on Patreon, we asked, would you seriously consider leaving your country for a better life elsewhere? 53 people said, yep, I'd leave this godforsaken place. And 19 (laughs) people said no. And we also asked, tell us in the comments where you would go. Or would you uh, not go anywhere and why? My boyfriend actually commented for the first time on a Patreon post. He said, Britain, if they ever get this Brexit shit figured out, be on board, Andrew. Kiss emoji. Okay. Um, Heather said she would leave in a motherfucking heartbeat. I'd live in Scandinavia, Belgium, Netherlands, Austria, Germany, France, UK. Any place that would take me. I know things aren't perfect in in those countries, but they're a hell of a lot better than here. Referring to America. My immediate family already lives 1,200 miles away from me, and I'm not close to my aunts and uncles. Brittany says, even though there are tons of problems in America that need fixing, I don't think moving is a solution. It's still my country, even if it needs some repairs with the system. Maybe I would move to a different state, but the grass isn't always greener elsewhere. There will always be problems. 
Yeah, I I agree with that. So kind of like when we joke around about moving to Canada, we're sort of like half joking. <laughs> um, because it's it's one of those things like there would have to be some kind of like step up waiting for us in order to go through moving international because mm-hmm. it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, I've yeah. done it before and it sucks. <laughs> yeah. To be clear, though, I mean, moving even over state lines can significantly reduce your tax burden. Uh, my mm-hmm. parents had a much easier time tax wise in Pennsylvania than they did in New Jersey, for example, or even in uh, they were living in one town in New Jersey while we were growing up and they recently moved to another one. They're saving a ton of taxes now just because um, they don't have to pay for the school system anymore. <laughs> so the tax. Yeah, well, I mean, even, um, you know, different counties and cities. I mean, I, right. you know, I live inside the Atlanta perimeter. Um, my property taxes are way more expensive here than they would be if I lived out in the suburbs where my parents are. We got a ton of great feedback over on Patreon. If you are a patron, feel free to uh, read it and maybe you'll feel inspired one way or the other. Thanks to everybody who participated as well. All right. Well, we are staying on the American continent, but we're moving south to Venezuela. Uh, where two men, Nicolas Maduro, who was re-elected president in 2018, and Juan Gaido, who is the opposition leader, are in a standoff in which both are claiming to be the legitimate president of Venezuela. It's worth noting that roughly 80% of the country opposes Maduro. Um, what's going on in Venezuela right now is it, it is facing severe economic collapse, massive poverty, poverty, and they're actually having millions of their citizens fleeing over the last several years. Um, the reason for that is that inflation is above a million percent and could reach as much as 10 million percent in 2019. This is causing basic necessities such as food and medicine uh, to not be easily affordable for the average citizen. I know this story has gotten a lot of coverage over the last couple of weeks. I was curious to hear if if y'all had heard much about this, um, and if so, kind of what your reactions were. I had heard it through the lens of Donald Trump <laughs> sticking <laughs> yeah, we'll with the opposition <laughs> party. And that seems to have caused unrest. Yes. So um, Trump got on Twitter to actually recognize Gaido as the legitimate interim president. Um, the reason that he is claiming uh, his his spot as legitimate president is because he is the head of the National Assembly and claims that according to the country's constitution, that makes him the rightful interim president. Um the reason for that is there is a lot of, you know, domestic and international speculation that the election in which Maduro was reelected was rigged. Does that sound familiar to anyone? <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the scary thing is here, though, that actually um, Putin and Russia are in Maduro's corner. Um, so they're backing him. And as soon as Trump and Pompeo issued their support for Gaido. Uh, Russia issued a warning saying, don't get involved in Venezuela to the U.S. Um, what's really scary about that, of course, is that there there's so much evidence that the U.S. president is in the pocket of the Kremlin. So it really makes you wonder, you know, if he is beholden to Vladimir Putin, how incentivized is he going to be to make decisions in the best interest of the US? It's it's a political thing, but it's also, you know, very quickly evolved into a humanitarian crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're expecting millions more Venezuelan citizens to flee over the next couple of years, mostly to Colombia, um, where there's just, you know, more opportunity for jobs and things like that. So, um, there's some similar like border issues happening. Yeah. Um, we can see a lot of the same sort of rhetoric that we hear in the U.S. about immigration reflected in this situation as well. Um, the other thing that's really bothersome about this is that the U.S. has a history of intervening in the affairs of Latin American governments that it doesn't like. So the fact that our president felt that it was appropriate to get on the internet and endorse an opposition leader 
in Latin America gives me like major throwbacks to the 70s and 80s when um, the U.S. and the CIA were super involved in trying to overthrow Latin American governments, Mm. which is a lot of the reason that we have some of the migration issues that exist today because we destabilized their governments back then and they're still sort of feeling the residual effects of that now. It seems like one of those irresponsible moves by the Trump administration. Right. I mean, I almost found myself thinking, I'm I'm not saying that they shouldn't be monitoring the situation and maybe mm-hmm. being prepared to take some kind of stance, but to wade onto the internet, specifically to Twitter, and start taking sides at this stage feels right. very irresponsible. Um, but I thought it would be interesting to sort of compare our country situations. I mean, obviously, the U.S. is nowhere near this level. Like, we can still, you know, somewhat, you know, the, the economy is hard here, but it's not impossible for people to afford basic food. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm wondering, like, Venezuelans have taken to the streets, Um, But there's so much evidence of collusion and mismanagement of our government institutions here. And I'm just wondering what it's going to take for us to truly stand up to Trump. Like, are things going to have to get so bad to the brink of like a failing economy for people to actually sort of react? Like, I find myself sometimes thinking as I go about my day to day, like when I go to work, I'm like, how are we all here pretending this is normal? (laughs) You know? Yeah. Um, well, what's the phrase? Um, uh, couch. Armchair activism. Armchair activism, right. Yeah. We're, we're looking for more than armchair activism, right? Yeah, I would love to see that. Well, first of all, it has to be uh, warmer than negative 12 degrees. And then I'm willing to go <laughs> out onto the streets and protest, if that's what you're <laughs> looking for from me. How bad would it have to get? Getting back to the government shutdown, it would have to be something that truly affects our daily lives, I think. Like air travel (laughs) i do kind of wonder too if like the um the stark difference in um in like economic statuses in developing countries has a bigger role to play because obviously there is um an economic difference between like lower class middle class and and upper class in america but i think because the middle class is kind of in a lot of ways very complacent. Maybe that's why we don't feel the need to take to the streets. Whereas when all you have is maybe like a lower class and an upper class, but the lower class is so much larger, it's easier for them to get in cahoots as a whole to try and fight for better lives for themselves. I don't know. Um, Kind of just a random thought. But I do kind of wonder if that plays into it. I also wonder how much the history plays into it. You know, I saw after the 2016 election, uh, a lot of my my friends from Latin America were posting memes that were like showing the U.S. being shocked that a foreign government had interfered in our elections. And they were like, and Latin America is over here looking at y'all like, uh-huh, <laughs> you know? And so I wonder if the history of sort of knowing that that their government might be vulnerable to that kind of, you know, external influence makes people more apt to take to the streets and sort of stand up and try to prevent that from happening. Whereas here, we're experiencing it for the first time. And I think people don't really know how to deal with it. Yeah. But anyway, this is just something that, you know, we wanted to kind of put on everyone's radar because it is really scary um, looking at what people in Venezuela are going through right now. I actually have a friend who is there right now uh, working in the Peace Corps. So it's been really interesting to kind of follow his updates and things, especially because uh, after Trump endorsed Gaido, Maduro severed diplomatic ties <laughs> and then was trying to like kick uh Americans out within like 72 hours. So I don't really know why my friend is still there, but <laughs> <Get out! laughs> I, was, Get I was like, you should leave. Um but yeah, we'll just keep an eye on it. And of course, if we have any listeners who are very familiar with this or perhaps you're from Venezuela or you have family from there, we'd love to hear from you. So please write into us at millennialshow at gmail.com. You might hear your feedback on a future episode.
What else is going on, Pam? Well, there's no real way to transition from Venezuela to this, but (laughs) it's always nice to lighten up the load in terms of news. And this is a good thing to talk about this week because we have Mark on and he's kind of like the resident video game correspondent. So the creators of Fortnite just got slapped with another lawsuit. Uh, The latest to file suit against the popular video game is rapper songwriter Blockboy, who's suing Epic Games for the use of his dance move, Shoot, which is better known to players of the game as Hype. So he's not the first person to do this. Others who have previously filed suits include Brooklyn rapper 2 Millie, Internet Sensation Orange Shirt Kid, and also the Backpack Kid, and also Fresh Prince of Bel-Air star Alfonso Ribeiro. Uh, so Fortnite is free to play, but players can play pay to unlock things like moves, costumes, and animated dance moves known as emotes. Uh, so the suit is asking for a ruling to block Epic Games from using the dance moves and award a sum of money earned off of the moves and then also is seeking unspecified punitive damages and attorney's fees. Uh, so I just thought that this was kind of interesting because it's kind of been an ongoing thing in the past few months. And it's it's kind of like mm. an interesting copyright situation because while you can definitely see how something like the Carlton was just lifted from somebody that popularized mm-hmm. it, in order to be successful, all of these people that are trying to sue the Fortnite creators are actually going to have to prove that, you know, the dance in question merits copyright protection. And it's going to be tough to do that, especially if they can't prove that it's original enough to merit copywriting. So a really good example of this is that while Alfonso Ribeiro is synonymous with the Carlton dance, he's also stated multiple times that it was actually inspired by Courtney Cox's dance moves and Springsteen's Dancing in the Dark video. So... I'm just imagining like a judge asking these people to do the dance in court to prove that they're like naturally good at it and have been doing it for a while. Honestly, like the only reason to have an open uh, court for this case if it goes forward. I'd love to see that streamed. Just them dancing. Yeah. What do you guys think about this though? Do you think that there's a, a case to be made here or are these people just trying to make a quick buck because they're upset that now people see these as Fortnite dances and not dances made by the original creators um i think that like it's kind of like a slippery slope because like there's been plenty of games in the past that have emotes that are from dances like in destiny you could unlock the thriller dance for halloween and i'm sure they didn't like you know michael jackson's people weren't like hey you need to give us right i mean or maybe they did i don't know i don't know how that worked but like I feel like all dances like that. So, I mean, what if there was a movie and the person did the dances in the movie? Do they have to give rights to that person too? Right. Like, is it the same? Because if that's the case, you'd have to, every time somebody danced in a movie, you'd have to find out where that dance originated from, find the person who's responsible and be like, hey, can we use your dance in this movie? You know what I mean? So, And can I, you copyright dancing? I mean, that's yeah. that's the thing. Like, you're moving your body in a certain way. Or in this case, the avatar is a certain way. I don't know. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem like. Can I then copyright breathing? Yeah. And right, also, like, like, how do you how do you copyright like movement? Yeah. yeah. And also, like, what <laughs> if it's not exactly the same? Like, what if like they're doing the Carlton, but it, like they're you know they're doing it at a different tempo, or you know their arms moving a little bit differently? Like, how how exactly. close to the original dance does it have to be? Yeah. To warrant that, right? Or this could lead to like one of the world's best runners copywriting their their running method so nobody can compete with them or something i think what's happening here is obviously fortnite is huge it made over a billion last year right mark like two billion yeah it was it's it's getting crazy and it's and what's crazy about fortnite too is they didn't even start like this like they they were going to be just a regular game and the mode that everybody's freaking out about was just an add-on and Uh then fortnite was like well screw it we're just gonna put all of our money in this add-on because it's gaining traction and that was obviously the right choice because they're making hand over fist money now is the add-on the hunger games mode yeah the battle royale whatever yeah Yeah. Yeah, that's that's like the the original the original game was supposed to be you're just like building your base to protect from zombies and you're building you're like your people are helping you so you play with your friends and they help you build your base up so zombies can't get in and Mm. then they released the battle royale mode and everybody loved it so they were like well forget the main game we're just going to do this and the main i don't even right. think the main game's out i don't even they have any they've even released the original one so these people who came up with these dances and you know in fairness they did come up with these 
dance moves that became popular. Mm. Um, they're they're jealous because Fortnite is making literally billions of dollars, and they don't get any part of that when their dance moves are in the game. So I can see why they're frustrated. Yeah, but I don't think legally they have a case here. Yeah, I mean, I would be too if people were 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 copying my sweet podcasting moves and making billions of dollars <laughs> off of them. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm, mean, maybe Fortnite could just be cool and be like, hey, thank you for the inspiration. Yeah. Here's some money. You know, like that. Like, come on. Or you yeah, can just I mean, like I, credit the yeah, exactly. originator. Because the thing is, too, is they, they've they changed the names of these dances. So. Yeah. But once they it, acknowledge that they did take them, that is probably dangerous, right? Because then maybe yeah. these people can go to court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also it's not like the the it's not like like Carlton himself is in the game because then you know that could be a likeness. Right. Hey, my my likeness is in the game. I want money. Yada yada yada. That would make more sense. But if it's just the dance that you do, like there's a bunch of things that games and movies and shows have done that are clearly based on people by their actions or their like, you know, their gestures they do or their body language or something that you can clearly see, oh, this is supposed to be person X from real life, you know, but they're purposely not making it that person. Oh, yeah, you recognize who this person is, but we're just making you know because of their dance moves or their, you know, whatever that they have that that looks like what they're real life counterpart has so i feel like this has been happening for a long time in other things and i feel like it's just been it's just moved to video games now because this is the new thing good point well if they try to steal something from me i'm gonna sue them (laughs) okay if they try to steal my my drunk dancing (laughs) i bet that's hilarious and would fit great in Fortnite. you've seen me drunk dance Maybe. I don't remember it because I was probably drunk too. Probably. I, I can see like four years from now, hey guys, I just unlocked the Laura in Fortnite. It's awesome. <laughs> I mean, the drunk Laura would probably just be me collapsing to the ground because that's something I do a lot. <laughs> a death drop. Really, yeah. Or like, I mean, Andrew, do you remember the time you saved me? I've saved your life many times. Which you time have. are you talking about? You have. No, there was that one time in Toronto. I don't remember this. I was just told. I was the the account was, you know, it was recounted to me. Um when we were at a Harry Potter convention. I don't remember which one. And we went to the Yule Ball because we were nerds. I didn't go to prom that year, but I did go to the Yule Ball. And we were walking through the hotel lobby and I was apparently very drunk and tripped and like straight up almost fell in this lady's lap when she was like typing on her computer. (laughs) Um, But the account that I received was that you grabbed me and you stopped me from doing that. Oh, wow. Well, I don't remember this exactly, but (laughs) if somebody told you it happened, then I assume it did. I believe believe it. I believe the Toronto Harry Potter convention, or it was either that one or the Dallas one, where Matt was dancing and like sprained his ankle. Remember that? Yeah, that was Dallas because I remember um, my friend Tiffany lives out there and she picked us all up and took us to CVS so that Matt could get crutches. Yeah, he like seriously hurt himself. That was yeah. He rolled because we were all jumping and he like landed and rolled his foot. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that's the worst. Ugh, it was terrible. So you're saying that the Fortnite dance from Matt would just be somebody dancing in crutches then? <laughs> R- yes. Rolling your foot, too. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Before we move on, we just wanted to hear a quick word from one of our sponsors. The FabFitFun Winter Editor's Box is finally here. Treat yourself with items in it, such as Uplift Essential Oils and Thrive Cosmetics Brilliant Eye Brightener. Are you a beauty and fashion maven constantly on the hunt for the next best thing? Ever pin something to your Pinterest board that you've always wanted to try but never have? Then you have to try FabFitFun. FabFitFun allows people everywhere to discover new products as well as including rave review must-have brands that you know and love like Amy Kestenberg, Spongel Body Wash Infused Body Buffers, Kate Somerville Skin Health, and more. FabFitFun is a great gift to yourself or to a loved one. Surprise someone special in your life with the Winter Editor's Box as a holiday gift or to show thanks. 
It's always a lot of fun getting my new box and seeing what goodies have been included, like the black activated charcoal eye mask, which does wonders reducing puffiness and bags under the eyes. I'm also loving the body buffer and Pier One nesting bowls. FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box delivered four times a year with full-size fashion, beauty, home, fitness, and wellness products for just $49.99 a box. The best part is the products included are full size, so you won't be getting sample sizes of anything. Each box's total retail value ranges from $347 to $354.99, so your wallet will thank you too. Sign up for FabFitFun today. FabFitFun boxes make amazing gifts for any occasion. Use our code M-I-L-L to get $10 off your first box. Go to FabFitFun.com to sign up and start getting the box for a life well lived. Use promo code M-I-L-L to get $10 off your first box. That's over a $200 value for only $39.99. Go to FabFitFun.com and use our code M-I-L-L to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. All right, time to wrap up the show today with recommendations. I'll begin. So I mentioned very cold here in Chicago. And on a previous episode, I was like, I'm going to buy a Canada goose jacket. It's warm. It's expensive. It's like $1,000, but it's warm. Um, I did not go with Canada Goose because over our break when I was home for the holidays, I was in the mall and uh, they had a North Face store. So I was like, all right, let me check it out. And I went in there and I said, what's the warmest jacket you have? (laughs) And they pointed me in the right direction and I ended up buying a North Face and I've been really happy with it. And now I'm going to be a North Face whore. Like, I'm just going to buy all of their gear for winter in the future. Their gloves, their other jackets, their their rainproof jackets and stuff like that. It, it I've been really happy with my jacket. Um, it handles the wind, the cold temperatures very well. It's got like a built-in face mask inside the hood that you can easily wrap around your face. Um, it's comfortable. I think it looks good as far as winter jackets go. And uh, it doesn't have real animal fur like the Canada, Canada goose jackets have. So um, I'm very happy with it. It was like uh, probably around $400. But compare that to the $1,000 price tag of Canada goose. Um, that's a very good deal. And it keeps me warm and not dying outside. So I recommend a North Face winter jacket for style, functionality, and price. Um, for my recommendation, I would like to recommend Rent the Runway. Um, I've been using them for the last couple of years to, you know, rent nicer dresses for formal events because, to be honest, I don't go to enough formal events to actually own anything super nice. Um, but I wanted to recommend them because I recently went to uh, a very swanky party and I rented from Rent the Runway. I rented this dress. It was so beautiful. Um, and it was like, a dress that's a thousand dollars retail, but I was able to rent it for a hundred and fifty. Wow! And it was just like it was floor length. It had a full like ball gown type thing. It had this beautiful like silver detailing. It went perfectly with my blue hair, and I just felt I felt so beautiful the whole night. And the other reason that I really like them is because um, I wear plus size clothes, and they have a lot of plus size options. Um, sometimes that can be difficult to get like brand name items in sizes larger than like a 10. <laughs> um, so the fact that they are inclusive with their sizing is really nice and anybody can use it and, um, you know, feel like the king in the castle for mm-hmm. the evening it was great. What happens if you throw up in your dress all over your dress? <laughs> Um, you actually pay a small insurance fee anytime you rent something so that you don't have to worry about, you know, if you accidentally spill something or, you know, something like that happens. I'm glad that you recommended this because it, it, I've, uh, always been curious about it and every once in a while I need something fancier and I usually just end up buying something that I can reuse, but it's good to know Mm. that Rent the Runway is Laura approved. Yes, it definitely is. How about you, Pam? Um, My recommendation for this week is Broad City, which is back. It's the final season. And I just love this show so much. It's on Comedy Central, but you can watch it on Hulu because you can watch almost everything on Hulu if you have that. Um, It's just, it's so funny. I love the show so much. Why is it ending? 
you know what? I'm not sure, but maybe it's just one of those things that's like run its course. Yeah, go out on a high note. Yeah, but it's really clever and um, it's really smart. It's like a a buddy comedy featuring two uh, millennial ladies living in New York City. So, and Hillary was on it once, right? Yeah, yes, she was. She was. <laughs> I love her. Mm-hmm. Mark, what can you recommend for us? Um, I'm going to recommend Kingdom Hearts 3 because I've been waiting for the game for forever. It's like the perfect Disney video game hybrid. So, cool. yeah, if you want to see all your favorite Disney movies and play through them, then there you go. I feel like I should try this game because I love Disney. Um, I recently became a PlayStation fan in the past like year. This seems right up my alley. The reviews, are they good for Kingdom Hearts 3? Are they oh, kind of yeah. mixed? Yeah. yeah I mean, okay. I, I would play, they have plenty of games that are like the Kingdom Hearts collection and they'll like catch you up because you definitely need to play the first two. But do I? Yeah. Do I have oh, yeah. to? Oh, yeah, you well, do. Never mind. Yeah. This, I don't the, wanna... story's, this story's really convoluted. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard that. Yeah. Okay. I might give this a try because I am a Disney junkie, like I said, and it'd be cool to play as Woody and Buzz and all that. All them. Um, what should our closing song be? I'm trying to think. And well, I think Mark should pick it, right? Didn't we decide that the oh, yeah. guests are going to pick the closing song from now on? So, uh, babe, you're in the hot seat. Um, I'll I'll do Clint Eastwood by Gorillaz because one of my favorite songs. Okay, sure. Thanks everybody for listening. It's been a fun episode. Check out our website, millennialshow.com. You can get our complete episode archive. You can also get links to our social media channels from there. Um, you will also be able to contact us and we've got that advertiser deals page. If you hear an advertiser on the show who you're interested in trying, we would love if you actually, uh, did that and use one of our promo codes because it would help support the show. So we have this advertiser deals page where you can find all of our advertisers and all of the promo codes. Even if you heard the ad a while ago, the deal should still be active. So check out millennialshow.com and you'll see at the top advertiser deals. Of course, uh, the best way you can support us is by pledging on Patreon, patreon.com slash millennial. You'll get instant access to a ton of benefits, including After Dark. Uh, You will be able to apply to become a co-host on the show. You will also, as Laura mentioned earlier, be able to join us for a live stream once a month prior to recording one of our episodes. And we had a lot of fun today with a bunch of our patrons. And you can also listen to us record live. There's a ton of benefits. Patreon.com slash millennial. And Mark, thanks for joining us. Nice to speak with you as always. Yeah, anytime. Once a month. <laughs> a- anytime. <laughs> wow, anytime. Andrew, way to, way to put a limit on that. I know, it's like that, huh? Jeez. Mark's expensive. I mean, we, we can only afford about once a month. And if you use my dance, then you're going to have to pay me in Fortnite. So. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. And I'm Mark. Bye, everybody. See ya. I am happy. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine. In a bag, I'm useless, but not for long. The future is coming on. I ain't happy, I'm feeling glad I got sunshine. In a bag, I'm useless, but not for long. The future is coming on, it's coming on, it's coming on, it's coming on.